Frontiers Cast is part of the Fire and Water Network. Romance is in the air, Sam. Uh, I got a little busy here, but I suppose. Oh, Sam! <laughs> if you could see past your cod piece, <laughs> you would notice that I was referring to that gentleman right over there. Hey? Yes, he's been watching Carla all week. Haven't you seen how he gives her those moony-eyed looks? It's almost embarrassing. If he were any more overcome with desire, there'd be drool on his chin. Excuse me. <laughs> what are you saying? Well, for whatever reason, he's attracted to Carla. But he doesn't seem to be able to get started. I think I should help him. No, I think you should. We'll compromise. I'll help him. Yeah, I know we could work this out. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. Everybody knows your name You wanna go where people know People are all the same You wanna go where everybody knows your name Hello and welcome back to Cheerscast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. I'm your host, Ryan Daly, and joining me once again is Mr. Gene Hendricks. Welcome back to the show, Gene. Oh, thank you, Ryan. It's great to be back after all these weeks. <laughs> it very much is all these weeks later. <laughs> and yeah, you have already graced the show with your presence a couple of weeks ago as of this listening, uh, so we don't need to rehash your cheer story. So let's get right into the episode, which is Season 2, Episode 6, Affairs of the Heart. This episode is written by Heidi Perlman, which you can probably tell it's going to be a Carla-centric episode so far. <laughs> uh, directed by James Burroughs, the original air date was Thursday, November 10th, 1983. A patron named Hank takes a romantic interest in Carla, but she rejects every one of his advances, believing, based on her past history, that if he's interested in her, there must be something wrong with him. Diane and the others coax Carla into giving Hank a shot, and the two of them hit it off wonderfully. Despite her constant misgivings and attempts to sabotage the relationship, the others encourage Carla to take the plunge. She borrows the keys to Diane's apartment and takes Hank there to sleep with him. Only later does Coach let slip the truth that Hank has a heart condition, and a romp with Carla could be fatal. Sam and Diane rush to her apartment to stop the would-be lovers, confronting Hank with the knowledge of his condition. He tells Carla he liked her so much he was willing to take the risk, but if he can't be her lover, he doesn't want to see her at all. After Hank leaves, Diane says she's going to transcribe her feelings into the pages of her diary, and Carla reveals that she and Hank stole the diary and read it laughingly over dinner. <laughs> and that was episode six, Affairs of the Heart. So what did you think of this one? This was a fun one. I, I liked how standoffish Carla was throughout the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. She she sums it up really nice. 
that she's not worried that she isn't attractive. She's too attractive <laughs> to the wrong kind of guy. How does she put it? She's a vermin magnet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when we open, we have Hank say, hey, cutie, or something along those lines. And she just looks at him like, are you talking to me? Uh, no, her. Uh, you would better be. <laughs> yeah, the teaser is more or less the first scene of the episode. It's not like one of those sort of done-in-one isolated teaser things, because it does introduce Hank. It's like, you know, the first time we see him. It doesn't really set up the romance, but he's there. And then the punchline between Sam and Diane, it's not really one of the stronger, more memorable scenes of the thing. So I almost feel like this episode might have been running long, and they just had to cut the beginning scene or whatever to make it the teaser and just whatever they had planned for the teaser or something just got like dropped and, you know, used for another episode. That's the only way I could think of it because it was just, it kind of felt like a weird soft intro to the first act type of teaser. Yeah, it definitely felt like it was just, they just chopped it immediately because you can see mm-hmm. where after the titles, it would, if the titles weren't there, it just would have been continuous. Right, No, right. No issues at all. Oh, and I have to uh, yell at you, by the way, <laughs> uh, for ruining the opening titles for my wife. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, I point out the guy under the table, <laughs> and now she can't see anything else. <laughs> that creepy, leering guy under the table. Yeah, <laughs> rubbing up against the woman's leg. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's- I don't even think I, po- I pointed that out. Somebody, somebody on the show pointed that out. Wow. Hey, yeah. it, it's your show. <laughs> You're to blame. It's you your know show. what? Buck stops with me. I will accept yeah. that. <laughs> so then once we, once we get into it, because, yeah, Act 1 then starts with Norm coming in and everything, and we find out that Sam has raised the price of beer. Oh, boy. <laughs> and Norm is like, well, we'll just see about that. He reaches into his pocket, going for his calculator so he can find out how much he can afford. And when he's reaching in, Coach is like, my God, Sam, he's going for a gun. It's like, <laughs> why would he assume that Norm has a gun? <laughs> but but it's, there's a better sort of setup where Sam is going to tell Norm before he does it. And Cliff goes, you know, Sam raised the price of beer. And Sam's like, Cliffy, I was going to tell him myself. He's like, yeah, but you were going to sugarcoat it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and uh, Norm's whole thing is now he can he has to slow down <laughs> to only one beer every half hour. Holy crap. And ironically, by the time this episode is over and we cut Norm's tab, I think we will see that might have had the adverse effect on his colon. <laughs> oh, you, you mean the fact that he drank all of his beers through the end of the 20th century in this episode? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, getting into the whole major plot, which is Carla, uh, the Hank guy is like flirting with her, and like Carla wants nothing to do with it. And it's it is kind of like a cool like fake at first because the way the way Carla is, she's like if if he's interested in me, there must be something wrong with him. And Diane thinks, well, okay, Carla has a kind of confidence problem. She's uh, self conscious. She she's just kind of like neurotic about this because of her bad experiences. And that's when Carl throws up. She's like, no, the problem isn't with me. It's with them. It's just, I just attract the wrong kind of guys. And yeah, it's really, because of course, Carl would never, like, even if Carla did feel that way, she would never admit it in front of Diane. Right. It's just one of those things where, you know, this is even at the end of last season, she thinks that she can just pick up Sam like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she has no confidence problem at all. It's just, 
she's only ever been with the wrong guy. <laughs> right, right. And I have to say that Hank doesn't start out very well because, not that I have a huge amount of experience in this, as those that listened to the last episode I was on know, but has yelling, hey, cutie, ever worked to pick up a woman? <laughs> Just yelling across the room? I mean... Smooth, really. <laughs> really, really. <laughs> uh, and then there's an interesting thing when they finally get her to go over and actually like approach him and she starts questioning him. She gave, basically gives him like three questions as a test. And in her mind, he fails all of those tests, <laughs> even though he <laughs> says perfectly innocent things. But the way she responds, yeah. she's like, where have you come from? How come I've never seen you at the bar before? He says, well, you know, I don't really get out much. She turns back to the crowd, basically giving them her like response. She's like, he's married. He's like, no, 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 I'm not married. I'm not married. And she's like, well, have you ever been married? He says, no. She turns back. She says, gay as a goose. Was like, that one, I had no idea what she was talking about. I mean, I understand the the gay reference, but right. as a goose? Yeah, I never heard of that either. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, did they just make that up? Or I, I must have. <laughs> yeah. but And he's like, no, 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 I like women, some women I like very much. And she turns around the third thing, she says, hooker bait. <laughs> <laughs> Carla, what are you and she's like and speaking of like shouting things across the room, she's not like being subtle about this. No, not at all. But then he puts his foot down mm-hmm. and says, Okay, I'm up for games, but this is gonna pay off, right? Yeah. He's like this especially when I expect to win. And finally like so I think that that show of confidence she likes so she takes him upstairs to Melvis so they can have coffee and along the way she's asking more questions. Do you have a criminal record? <laughs> are any of your organs artificial? Things like that. <laughs> And she looks him, she grabs his face and looks in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, she is looking his... a gift horse in the mouth. <laughs> like to check his dental records or something. <laughs> yeah. No, it was pretty good. Yeah. <clears throat> so then by, <laughs> after that, we find out that they've been going together for a little while. They go to a Patriots game. Um, everything seems to be going pretty well. And then she dumps him there on the spot inexplicably for no apparent reason and goes back to the office and you know Sam goes to confront her and ask her meanwhile Norm sidles up next to Hank trying like you know when I'm feeling really depressed and down like this you know it might be good to just buy a friend a beer and talk about it <laughs> well I'm not that depressed and Norm's like really how can you not be and basically just walks him through all these presents until until Hank starts buying him beers <laughs> cut to Sam and Carla in the office and and Sam basically has to challenge her and just say, you know, you're you're a coward. You're afraid of getting attached to this guy because you think something will go bad because of your past history and everything. And how does she – she has this crazy way of putting it. She's like, he's a jerk because he's dishonest because he's lying about being dishonest. Or right. It's, he, he's, he's a jerk. Well, why is he a jerk? Because he's dishonest. What's he dishonest about? That he's secretly a jerk. <laughs> yeah. And Sam just like puts it. He's like, Are you, he's like, you don't know what you're talking about. He's like, give me a break. And he's like, you always act so tough. He's like, you're not tough. You're a coward. You're a chicken or something like that. He's like, because tough guys take chances. And she's she gets like really offended by that she, to the point where she's going to take a swing at Sam. She's like, you've been cruising on your looks for too long. <laughs> and she punches him in the gut, and he grabs her. And okay, he's known Carla for how long? And Sam is shocked. Shocked, I tell you, that she fights dirty. <laughs> yeah, right. Because she grabs and twists his thumb, then bites his arm, <laughs> knocks him down, and he hits his head on the desk. <laughs> he actually, and that's after she hit him in the head with a serving tray <laughs> when he came into the office. 
Yeah, because he, he, he like was going into the closet to just act like he was there yeah. nonchalant, just <laughs> looking for something while he could eavesdrop on her and she just yeah. clocks one. So, yeah, the, he, the, uh, the uh, needs to be fixed right away. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they've known each other for five and a half, almost six years at this point. So he, he should have known. Maybe, yeah. maybe he never thought she would fight that way with him. I guess, but not, when it comes to affairs of the heart <laughs> then <laughs> <Hey>. apparently <laughs> and for some reason i saw the episode title i'm my mind immediately went to the um enterprise theme song <laughs> which was not a good thing <laughs> <laughs> but she is super defensive about this mm-hmm. because she she knows there's something wrong with him she absolutely positively knows there's something wrong with him and the all the external stuff, the personality stuff, is all there. That means he must be lousy in bed. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> but then she, you know, gets twisted around because if she gets him in bed, she's worried, well, he'll be so turned on that he'll never leave her alone then. <laughs> so, okay. She's essentially afraid of commitment. Right. She just doesn't want to say it. Right. She's, she's coming up with all sorts of... She's contorting herself into weird weird kind of knots in order to make excuses for this thing. Yeah. Uh, I actually, I wanted to mention that um, the character of Hank Senzola is played by Don Amendolia, another guy who's appeared in a lot of stuff. Um, he was in Twin Peaks. Uh, he appeared in Boogie Nights, which was one of my favorite movies. And uh, among his many TV credits, he was in Cop Rock, which <laughs> of all of the things he's been in that I could list, I had to list Cop Rock just because... <laughs> Freaking cop rock. Uh, I actually saw an episode of that. <laughs> I'm oh, not sorry. <laughs> well, Stephen Botchko, we I, had. I, <laughs> we didn't expect anything bad. <laughs> went from that to NYPD Blue. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, he he went from Hill Street Blues <laughs> to Cop Rock to NYPD Blue. I mean, it's like, okay, what were you smoking at this point? <laughs> yeah, it's like, that was a odd detour. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what happens when you didn't have David Milch writing for you? I, I guess. <laughs> I am, probably. <laughs> it's like, would that be his normal inclination to do musical-based <laughs> Yeah, so she finally, she goes out, she grabs Hank, she's like, okay, do you want to go back to my place? She's like, oh, my kids are there. We'll go back to your place. And he, there's some reason his, his apartment is being fixed or, or being set up or something. So they've got to go somewhere else. Why they don't go to a hotel, I don't know. But instead, Carla borrows... Diane's keys, probably so we can return back to the Diane yeah, uh, apartment they, set. Which they, got. they built the set, they have to use it. Right. Although I noticed Diane has her stuffed animals under lock and key. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Something else about Diane's apartment I noticed that you hardly ever see in like three camera position like sitcoms. We see the back of one of her couches. We see like a, she's got her like couch set up and then there's like another one across from it where if somebody was sitting there, they would have their back to the audience. Right. And I was like, you never see that, like, on a sitcom, like, set up like that or whatever. Like, that's always where, like, the fourth wall, the proverbial fourth wall yeah. would be. Like, they actually put that couch there, and it's like, oh, that's, that's weird. Yeah, it, well, it's up against the wall. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it must be. I, well, it, it just, it makes it feel less like a stage and more like an actual apartment. So it, it works. It's still too nice of an apartment for a single woman living alone on a boat. I'm pretty sure she's got some of daddy's money. Yeah. (laughs) She's not entirely destitute. (laughs) 
they uh, Carlin and Hank go off there. To, oh, and they she she gets Diane's keys, and Diane's like, Carlin, when you're done, just burn the whole place. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, maybe she, maybe she doesn't have that much attachment to it. And we come back after after the break, and Cliffy is thinking, you know, you know, with all these romances, Carla and Hank, uh, Sam and Diane. He's like, yeah, it makes me think, you know, maybe there's somebody out there for me. And Norm kind of teases him a little bit, you know, think, co-imagining in bed with a woman or whatever with his uh, gabardines and his <laughs> mailbag slung over the chair. And, and Coach kind of drops the line sort of like innocently, you know, he's like, you know, if, if even somebody like Hank with his terrible problem can find a woman like Carla, you know, anybody can find somebody. And they're like, what terrible problem? And he's like, well, you know, I wasn't supposed to say anything. They're like, well, give us a hint. And he says, <laughs> you know, Lefty Kramer. <laughs> and Sam's like Lefty Kramer, the old third baseman. He's like, yeah. He's like, Hank's got the same problem. He's like, Hank can't hit a sp- Hank can't, can't hit a breaking pitch. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the other, you know, Cliff's like, well, Carl will be devastated. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, what, what a tough break. She'll be devastated. <laughs> and they're like, no, what other problem did? And he's like, well, he was ugly as a mug. And they start talking about like how he would like spit and everything. And they're like laughing about this guy. And Diane has to be basically everything short of like clapping her hands and saying, hey, focus, guys. Focus. <laughs> Enough about Lefty Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, What's wrong with Hank? <laughs> and Sam remembers that Lefty had a heart condition, and and uh, Coach says, "Bingo, Hank's had the same thing. You know, the slightest bit of energy, and it could kill him." And they're like, "Wow!" And of course, it it dawns on on Diane first. She's like, "What yeah. about sex?" And and now we get to my home run line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good yeah, Coach's reaction, thinking that she's propositioning him. And he but they find out eventually that what he means is that if Hank and Carla sleep together, uh, he could die. And Sam is like, oh, man, can you imagine that if he drops dead in Carla's bed? And then <laughs> Diane freaks out yet again. He's like, they're in my bed. And Sam can't even believe it. He's like, you let them go to your apartment? He's like, where we've been? And they try calling to, to get over there, and there's no answer to the apartment. So then they basically have to rush over there. And there's this whole thing like where they're going to go over, and Cliff is like, I'll go over with you because I know CPR. And normally yeah. I'll go too because I'm a CPA. <laughs> but he, he says it, but he doesn't even get off the stool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then they're like, no, 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 Cliff, stay here. And Sam has this thing where they're like on their way out, and Sam like kind of like looks up almost like he's praying. He's like, please, God, let Hank be all right. There's something about that moment. It just, it for me, it kind of lands a little bit weird. Mm. On the other hand, it's perfectly understandable, and it, you can justify because Sam, for one thing, is a compassionate guy. He cares about everybody who walks into his bar. He doesn't want anybody to get hurt. He especially, for Carla's sake, doesn't want her to get hurt and like face this or whatever. This would be a terrible thing. And we're talking about a man's life. He doesn't want it like that. But something about the way, the sort of the desperation really makes it feel like Hank, at this point, has been a larger part of their life. Like he would have been a regular cast member. Yeah. And it kind of has this feeling like, should this have been a longer subplot throughout? Like, should like this have been a guy that we know for a couple of episodes? <laughs> just kind of rushing this along to just fit this whole romance in the span of one episode. Which, again, this is episodic television. This, this was from an era when people weren't, you know... They didn't. They weren't, you know, even back when they were like DVRing, you know, and and watching like episodes or getting them on DVD where you could binge watch, you know, five episodes a night or something like that. Um, and now, you know, with streaming and everything, like the way people view television now is completely different. 
so this was a different era, and I guess I mean you kind of had to expect if there was like a, a romantic you know thing if this isn't a regular character, it is just handled in one episode, so that's kind of the nature of it, but it still feels a little bit weird when I hear the way Sam says that line. Well, here's my take on it. Yes, he cares about Hank because he's a human being. He wants he doesn't want him to die. But I'm thinking more along the lines of he pushed Carla into doing this. He more or less threw her out the door saying, go sleep with him. And it could have these consequences. She could end up killing the guy. Yeah. So he's thinking, you know, please let him be all right for his own sake, but also because maybe Carl will never trust him again. Yeah. Yeah. If this happens, you know, it's like, I listened to you look at what it it ended up with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's why it's to me that that's why he's so desperate. It's like, yeah, save this guy's life, but also save my relationship with my friend. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I, that makes perfect sense. And I, I hear that. I agree with that too. But it just, it, for me, it kind of, it... it the yeah, placement's it, weird. Yeah, yeah. You know? It, it just sort of, it, it just feels like it's reminding me of sort of the the artificial nature of the show and the length of time that can sort of has to pass or not pass just because of the length of an episode. Right. And that's just like a weird emotional reaction, but that's that's sort of how I felt. Um, so then they do, Sam and I get back to the apartment or whatever, and they don't hear anything, and they're, like, going over to the door, and he's like, yeah, I don't I don't know if they're in there. I don't hear anything. And he's like, isn't that funny? I thought Carla would be the kind to make noise. <laughs> Which is almost my home run for the episode. Yeah, I mean, that, that is the one line where I'm like, okay, I'm glad my daughter's in her room for this. <laughs> because that's, that's a little much. Even though <laughs> she, she loves watching Cheers, <laughs> to the point where she was Diane at one point, in one episode. <laughs> And I'll tell that story because not everyone that listens has seen it. But we were watching, I believe it was the finale of season one mm-hmm. where Diane's not there. And Norm walks in. Everyone shouts Norm. And she, Kira's sitting next to me. And I just hear this thin, intelligent, blonde girl pipe up, Norman. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. That's, <laughs> so, that's the Diane line. That's what she adds yeah. to that thing. And yeah, if Diane, the character, isn't in there, somebody else has to. <laughs> has to step yeah. up. Right? <laughs> so my own, Di- <laughs> my own, my own Di- uh, Diane did it. That's adorable. Nice. <laughs> so then, yeah. So then, um, they come. Hank and Carla come back. They were they went out to dinner beforehand. And everything they kind of get caught, in, and the truth is laid bare for Hank and Carla to see. Now, here's the question: Was Carla right all along? Is Hank a jerk? Because it's a pretty crappy thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And he was, he was going to go through with this without telling her. Right. And cause he says, I would risk it for you. And it's like, okay, you would risk it for you. Mm-hmm. She would have to deal with the consequences. Right. So that's not exactly romantic. That is selfish. Right. Right. <laughs> so he does prove her right, but in the end, she doesn't care that he proved her right. And do you think it's because she really fell for him? Yeah. Yeah. She admits it. She's, you know, she's like, I'm not going to fall for him. I already have. Yeah. She says it in Diane's apartment. It's like, you are the best guy I've ever been with or something to that effect. Yeah. And the fact that they're going to end it there without dropping off, without having an argument, without having, you know, a wandering eye on either, either of them, mm-hmm. just cut it 
done, and he walks out the White Knight, right. <laughs> essentially. And now every everyone in her life after that has him to try and live up to. Mm-hmm. It's bittersweet in that way. I mean, she gets you know the, this one guy to sort of compare, and and she can consider this one a win for <laughs> the sake of decency yeah. that she you know she didn't have this bad experience. But at the same time, it's, I, I felt like they they do sort of gloss over the fact that this was a really horrible thing. <laughs> like, like, I don't think they properly make him look bad enough for what could have been a horrible, horrible betrayal. Yeah. And yet because he, because it's a good performance, uh, Hank is, like, great. There's something just so affable and likable about him, even though, like, I mean, at the beginning, he could have come off as kind of like a, a cat, you know, when he shouts, hey, cutie. But, I mean, he, I, I think he is the type of guy that you want to root for him. But to finally be in this play, position where, you know, he was, like you said, he was willing to sleep with her because that's what he wanted. And he admits that, you know, he, he didn't really think about, like, what, what it would have meant for her. But, like... God, yeah, it's it's just really that. Yeah, you know, it's a nasty, scuzzy thing. Like if, if like he he would have put that on her. It's just, uh. yeah. I mean, like, just like like she said. Imagine me waking you up next to a stiff. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's that's right up there with the Godfather. Yeah, you know, finding the horse head in your bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same same basic reaction. Yeah, I almost want to move Vienna because the more I think about it, the more I'm like, no, nah, I'm I'm pissed. You know, you punch this guy in the face. Yeah, but, you selfish bastard. Yeah. <laughs> So, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, the more I think about it, I'm having different feelings about this episode. <laughs> well, he's certainly not your employee of the week. We, can tell, no, we no. know that. <laughs> yeah, no. Gosh, yeah, what else? It's a pretty straightforward episode. So Yeah, I mean, it's there was the, the slight subplot of the draft beers going up by 25 cents a piece. But other than that, it was all Carla. It was 100% Carla story. Again, written by her kid sister, Heidi Perlman, so... Oh, yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah. All right, well, getting into that uh, little subplot with the the beers going up, you'd think that might have hindered Norm's tab. Um, (laughs) But, you know, again, not taking him literally that he's drinking all he could for the 20th century, um, but just looking at the beers that he has poured for him or the empty glasses in front of him, I clocked him at 11 for this episode. Wow. um, Which is two weeks in a row that he is in double digits. Um, Wow. So, yeah, he is already up to 143 beers for the series. (laughs) Um, Or at least 45 for this season. Um, yeah, it's, uh, he's he's stepping his game up. I think he's, he's feeling a little bit more confident. Who, okay, so getting into our superlative categories then, Gene, who was your employee of the week? Which actor or performance did you think stood out the most? Well, as happens a lot on this show, uh, I thought that it was actually Diane was the employee of the week. Much like the last time out, I chose Carla because of her supporting character nature. Same thing with Diane. She's the matchmaker. And I I love it when she gets into this uh, her I call it her happy place because when she finally convinces Carla to go over and talk to Hank she's oh goody you know she's bouncy and you know just super happy but then she gets aggravated <laughs> when they're talking about about Lefty and not the point she gets <laughs> horrified. When, you know, Carla pulls out the diary, <laughs> you read, you know, you see, look on her face like, you read that yeah. in public? 
And she's always doing something. Even if she's in the background, when she's first telling Carla to go and talk to Hank, Cliff pipes up. Oh, yeah, he's a huge Sox fan. In fact, he, he knows Yaz and Diane's behind her. Yeah, he knows Yaz. And she's like, mouse, who's Yaz? <laughs> <laughs> and the look on her face is priceless. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going with Diane this episode. I, I think I have to give it to her, too, for the exact same words you mentioned. And the thing with the diary at the end, it's such a, <laughs> it's such a Diane thing because here Carla has just had this horrible event happen, what could have been a traumatic thing, but she's broken up with this, you know, her would-be lover, her boyfriend at least, after everybody was pushing her to be with him, and she she let herself be vulnerable, and it came back to slap her in the face, and she's hurt, and they're in Diane's apartment, and Diane wants to be a comfort to her, but at the same time, Diane's instinct isn't to open herself up and express it with another human being, it's to write it down in her diary. She's it's going, to make it about herself. Yes, she's gonna she needs to she needs to transcribe her feelings. She needs to put those down in writing. It's like just talk to the people in your room. But but so of course like it's such a kind of selfish and stupid thing to do, which means she totally deserves what's coming to her when Carlos <laughs> says, Oh yeah, here's your diary. We were laughing about it over dinner. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I, 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 I would give it to Diane probably, with Carla as my runner. Even Sam, just for like sort of the physical way he takes the beatings. In oh, his and, they, and when he crawls out of the <laughs> office, yeah, yeah, oh, don't it, don't worry, she did any important stuff. <laughs> yeah, then, like when he's still on the office, like when like Carla's like storming out, when he bangs his head on the desk yeah. trying to get up and everything. Yeah, those are good. So, um. For the home run, for the funniest gag of the, for mine is when they're trying to call Carla at Diane's apartment to stop her from sleeping. Well, you know, Sam is picking up, or Sam has got the phone. He's like, "Well, what do I even say to her when you know if she picks up the phone?" And Norm's like, "I don't know. Tell her to look over at the next pillow and count the dead people." <laughs> it's such a horrible line. Like I think Diane even gives him this look. Like, how ghoulish is that? But, so, what, yeah. What did you think? What was your funniest line of the episode? My mine was just before that when Diane finally realizes, oh, he's got a heart <laughs> condition, and she she just looks at Coach and says, "Coach, how about sex?" And Coach looks at her, Diane, please. I thought you were Sam's girl. <laughs> <laughs> and then she keeps it going. She's no, I mean Hank. His Hank is sleeping with Hank is Carla. Sam, are you listening to this? Yeah. <laughs> that that whole exchange is just gold. It is. It's really good. Coach being coach, but it's perfect. Yeah. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. It's a uh, again. It's a it's a funny episode. Uh, Gosh, I, I wish I hadn't really <laughs> spent so much time. Just it, the podcast is almost ruining this episode for him. When I think about what the way Hank was treating Carla, I was like, "He's not a good boyfriend. This son of a bitch." <laughs> <laughs> He's right up there with Dan Fielding. <laughs> well, hey, hey, hey! <laughs> oh yeah, no, no one's hey, that bad. <laughs> Hank, or, no, Dan Fielding is in a class all by himself. <laughs> so. Anyway, Gene, thank you again for being on this episode of Cheerscast. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Where else can people find you online or in the podcast realm? Well, right now, the best place to find me is every month at the Class 1000 Marvel Superheroes Phase Rip Live Action Role Playing Podcast. 
<laughs> and yes, that's the entire title. And this is a, a bunch of uh, high school friends who are in their 40s still playing a, the TSR Marvel superheroes game from the 90s. So it's if you like role-playing games, you like superheroes, you like some really, really adolescent humor, maybe you should check us out. Uh, but, you know, make sure you're just listening on your own with headphones, sound dampening, everything. Can get a little bit blue. <laughs> oh, just just touch, just a touch. And I blame Adam for that. But <laughs> uh, that's, that's more or less the only regular place you can find me. I've been doing guest spots here and there on Two True Freaks on Fire and Water. Um, did a, one over at the Longbox Crusade not that long ago. So we, I'll show up somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll promote it on, on my uh, my Twitter and Facebook feed. So just keep an eye out for that. Or just you know listen to general podcasts and I'll show up at some point. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for being on this show. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. You can support the show on Facebook and Twitter, and you can leave a comment on the website post at fireandwaterpodcast.com. Thank you, as always, and until next time, we're closed. Lefty Kramer. <laughs> Lefty Kramer, the, uh, the old third baseman? Right. Lefty has the same problem that Hank has. Hank can't hit a breaking pitch? <laughs> oh, yeah. Poor Carter, huh? Yeah, she'll be crushed. Come on, keep thinking. Think. What problem did Lefty have? Well, he uh, he was ugly as a mud fence. I remember that. Uh, he's a bad dresser. He, uh, oh, he used to spit tobacco juice all over. Could we forget the last <laughs> What's wrong with Hank, Coach? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got a coach. Lefty had a heart problem. That's it. Hank has the same thing. I mean, least bit of excitement. Wham, bam, it's curtains. Coach, how about sex? Diane, please, I thought you were Sam's girl. Coach, I'm talking about Hank. Hank is seeing Carl. Are you listening to this? 